What was that? Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Season 1. Silly putty with a bang. Greg. David. Guess what? What? We've made it to episode 15 of MacGyver. This is crazy. This episode was... I would say it was a step down from last week. Yes. For the for the for uh, MacGyver's Love Boat. But I actually had a lot of fun, and I thought this was a pretty good episode in the grand scheme of things. It was. It was a very enjoyable episode with a legitimate, solid twist. I thought so. You didn't see it coming. I, I called who I thought was going to be like within five minutes, and turns out that I was completely and utterly incorrect. And you actually looked at me in complete shock. Yeah. When we actually found out the twist. And, you know, I thought for, like, pure action, too, it was pretty good. It was. It was. Oh. What just. <laughs> David. <laughs> no. Wow. My microphone. My headphones just fell <laughs> off. I'm sorry. Um, so, no. I thought that in terms of, like, general action, I thought it was really good. It was. Most of the most of the episode was highly implausible. There was a, just a lot of like yeah. the MacGyverisms and a few of the things he did were very very implausible. Specifically, the first and the last yes MacGyverism. Although I mean, I guess I'm not a doctor, so I can't really vouch for that last MacGyverism. But you're not, I f- a, you're not a doctor. I feel like Doctor Wareheim. <laughs> He's my favorite doctor. <laughs> I feel like that one was just it just was a little goofy. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So the episode this week is called The Enemy Within. Basically, MacGyver has to figure out the identity of a mole within his agency who's, mm-hmm. ba- who's responsible for the death of four agents over the course of a couple, I think. I don't know if seven Peter weeks. ever says He's, seven he weeks. He does. It, we, we have that clip. He does. does. He? Okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so we open the episode with MacGyver taking a stroll through the woods of East Germany. Of course. Like, <laughs> like you do. <laughs> like you do. But we find out that he's not just like walking through the woods. He's waiting. He's meeting up with somebody who has, as as nondescript as MacGyver can get, he has information <laughs> yeah. for MacGyver. And this I, information... Go ahead. What were you no, gonna I was going to say, I love the delivery of the information. Yes. This information is delivered hidden in a shotgun shell. Now, it's funny. MacGyver meets up with a, a hunter. He's out there. He's got a shotgun. Yep. He, he's dressed up like a Bavarian hunter. You know, and he has a pouch, a little leather pouch that has like five shotgun shells in it. Right. And he pulls one of the shells out and gives it to MacGyver because um, it has the information in it. Right. And I thought it was funny because, okay, that makes sense to conceal classified information yeah. on a hunter in a shotgun shell. Sure. Yeah. But then MacGyver's going to have this random shotgun shell in his pocket. Right. Might be a little weird. Right. Exactly. So. Within seconds, and again, this is where it gets kind of, it's just, it's just weird because in my mind, like, there's no way that he would not have, like, he would have noticed this happening. So within seconds after getting the shotgun shell, we see not only these soldiers come in, like, out of the frame, completely just out of nowhere with two dogs, but we also see a fairly large truck. Yeah. Like one of those big six-wheeled, like, uh, troop transporters. Yeah. Yeah. So it comes out of nowhere. There's no way that he wouldn't have heard that 
coming in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So so they stop and they basically kind of tell MacGyver, you know, like what what they they're speaking they're speaking what is it? It sounded like German. It sounded like German. So but I think MacGyver was almost making up German. I think he was. So they start speaking German. Basically, I think they were telling him like MacGyver said, "This is my my girl. This is my I, wife." I feel like he said applesauce at one point. He said "mein Frau." It sounded like, like he said applesauce at one point. He during might, this I think scene. he did say applesauce. So he's making up this. He's making up German, and I think there's the real words, but it was like just gibberish. Yeah. So the um stop. Burping. I'm trying. Okay, if you guys want to listen to, uh, if you guys want to listen to episode 39 of uh, Champ and Klein Blow Your Mind this this Sunday, we're going to talk about our New Year's resolutions in which I'm going to resolve to stop burping in the middle of my episodes. So back to MacGyver. Back to MacGyver. <laughs> back to MacGyver. So he's speaking gibberish, and essentially the soldiers are trying to get him like stand down, put your gun, like you're under arrest. Mm-hmm. So what does MacGyver do? The first thing in his mind is to grab the dead chicken, <laughs> that's right, off the-, the hunter's belt loop <laughs> and throw it at the dogs. I thought he was gonna throw the chicken at the soldiers, but I'm like, oh, that makes sense. He throws it made it at sense. The dogs. So he throws it, and then he just takes off running. The soldiers open fire. They yeah. run for a couple of minutes. It's felt like they ran for a really long period of time. Throughout this this sequence, there's a lot of running. So MacGyver doesn't know where to do. He feels like he's cornered, and as he gets out to the main road, a police car comes around the corner, stops short. Guy rolls down the window and yells out for MacGyver. Turns out it's his old buddy Craig Bannister. Craig, good old Banny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old Banny. So MacGyver, Banny. MacGyver hops in the car, and they sort of they 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 get away. They start driving away, and the soldiers start chasing after them. Mm-hmm. Um, as he jumps in the car and the soldiers begin shooting, they eventually what they do is they hit the brake line of the yeah. car. Yeah, in the engine compartment, burst one of the hoses. Right. So Bannister starts trying to hit the brakes and they're going downhill and they're increasing in speed faster and faster and faster. So basically the next line, MacGyver asks him to pop the hood and we have the clip here and it's actually really funny. Pop the hood. What? Just pop it. Well, there's still got to be some fluid in the power steering, right? Maybe I can pump it into the brake cylinder. Sure, that'll work? No. <laughs> I love the, No. I love the... I just love the unsurety of MacGyver in that scene. And then MacGyver <clears throat> proceeds to climb out of the passenger side window. They've got to be doing... I th- Obviously, it's kilometers. I think it says... It reads like 140 kilometers, which yeah. I think is... Probably I think s- it's like 80 or 90 miles an hour. Pretty damn fast. And MacGyver's hanging over the open hood of the car he bursts the brake line and like he punctures it somewhere and then takes the power steering line and he siphons it into the brake fluid compartment yeah, he, he, he puts it into the brake fluid reservoir so he's sucking out power steering fluid so he's gonna not well they're still gonna be able to steer but using the power steering fluid to supplement the blake the brake fluid the brake fluid. The brake yeah. fluid. Yeah, yes. we got some. We got some liver lips here. <laughs> We're having a problem. Needless to say, they make it down the hill safe. Right. He and, he hits the brakes. MacGyver gets back in the car, and they slowly drive away. Yeah, and they make it home. And that was it. And so from, from East Berlin, yeah, from East which Germany, we you actually brought up the point that he that might have been the same spot he was at when he was in the coffin. Yeah, because they they were smuggling him out of the coffin. What episode was that? Like three episodes. Yeah, ago. like. 
11 um, or 12. Yeah, the quail episode. The one with <laughs> the one with quail. Oh, yes. Oh, Peter. Not Baron Greenback, but. Hey, Peter. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was in East Berlin there. Okay, yeah. So he's apparently he's just enjoys being in that area for mm. the very reasons of just wanting to be attacked or Excellent get beer. smuggled out <laughs> right. in a coffin. Well, maybe not during uh, Soviet times. Probably not. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> so we come back from commercial and Pete is now... Peter Thornton is now the director of operations. Yeah, at the federal building. Go Thorns. Go Thornton. So, and he's got some stuff to tell Mac, and it's uh, it's pretty heavy news. And uh, I think Pete, let's let Pete explain. Pete'll it. do it. It's a lot easier. I didn't know this until they gave me this job, but we have lost four top agents in the past seven weeks. Four. Somebody out there knows exactly what we're going to do before we do it. So. No. What? No. Mac, you'll be working with Bannister. I don't care. The answer's still no. I just found myself a great new house down on the beach, and I'm in the middle of moving in. Mac, nobody knows better than I do that you have really earned some serious R&R. But boy, am I glad you said that. Pete, you're going to be the best darn director this place ever had. And as soon as I'm settled in... I'm going to have a barbecue, in your honor. Mac, this is... Important. Oh, Pete. Yeah, so Pete's like, hey, Mac, we need you. Like, we need you to figure out who the mole is. We've had four people killed in less than two months. Before he can even finish the sentence, my guy was like, no. I'm leaving. He flat out, just literally, just like acts like a baby, stomping his feet, yeah, Go ahead. He, he he's he's acted very different in this episode from the beginning. Like he has he has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, some, and I'm, I think he's work weary. You you actually made a point of like, and I didn't do enough research to find this out, but I'm wondering, and it makes sense that they may have filmed this early in the season, but aired it out of production order. Maybe. So you were saying that they might have taken place before, like just because again. The uh, the one with quail. Oh, go back to, yeah. The episode with quail, man, Peter. Oh, Peter. Jesus, that was a good episode. It really was. So there is a bit in that where Max says, "The last time you dressed me up, I had to go blah blah." I was blah, wondering blah, like blah. he was wearing a pinstripe suit and yeah, something he, like oh, that. Well, he wasn't wearing a pinstripe suit in that. I don't know if he said pinstripe, but yeah, but yeah, I'm wondering because his hair also looked a little bit. I don't know. Early Mac episode. Anyway, there's a theory. We'll we'll investigate that. Never. So right. So MacGyver storms out like a baby, and the next scene, Pete literally, you assume that Pete just followed him back to his house, because Pete's back in his apartment just screaming at MacGyver. It's true, immediately, like, follows him home. Right. And and MacGyver is moving, his apartment's all packed up. Right. So Max, Pete's trying desperately to convince him, like, come on, we gotta figure this out, we brought the defector in, like, they brought a defector over from there to try to figure out who the, the, he's like, yeah, no, we brought, we brought this woman, Victoria. Right. She's gonna help us. I you got no. She's like she's like a defector from the Soviet Union. She's she's here now. She works for us. But Pete's afraid that she's a double agent, but doesn't really know. So he, he wants Mac to look into it and work with her. No, okay. <laughs> and that's what he's literally just stops so, like a so baby. She comes in. What was her name? Victoria. Uh, Victoria comes in. Kind of chews Mac out for being a pussy. Yeah, like for not wanting to do this. And then she and Pete leave, and then the door shuts, and Mac's like, oh, man. And then Victoria opens the door again and says just a few words to Mac. John Wayne would not have been afraid. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for that. So we actually forgot that one little bit right before that moment, 
happens and they leave is that Pete explains that there's this big event happening. It's like a it's like an expo. It's like a peace summit. Yes, that's happening. And so he's like, can you, he's like, listen, we just need the whole department there. We need everybody there, please. That's I'm not asking you to help me. I'm not. A, I just need you to be there. And so right. basically, before they leave, Max like, all right, I'll think about it. Like a complete freaking baby. Yeah, he didn't. He's want like, to go yeah, I'll think about it. Fine, whatever. And that's when she comes in and she's like, that's you right. know, John Wayne never would have given up. Oh. Okay, cool. It sounded like the female quail. I did actually. I went. I went. I went into f- the female quail. The fee quail. The whale. Ugh, whale. Jesus God. <laughs> That's going to be the get running gag through the entire series for us, isn't it? It's going to be quail. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. 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 All right. So Mac finally decides that he's going to go. He shows up in his tuxedo and he arrives and he runs into Bannister, who's actually shocked that MacGyver shows up. Mm-hmm. So Pete arrives with Victoria. And they're sort of wandering around looking at all these devices. One of them is like an antimatter beam. Not an antimatter beam. <laughs> yeah. Like a disruptor beam. This is like this like very nondescript invention. Yeah, stuff for mining, things like for frequency yeah. devices and things like that. So free energy kind of stuff. Right. So Victoria stops short as they're going to one of these one of these items and she sees a man and she basically says <clears throat> she calls him out and says his name is Lem. Lem. And what Lem does is he's basically like the hired muscle. To uh-huh. go around and basically take people out, so she's like, yeah. she assumes like this, he might be the one, like he might be the one we're looking for. Um, he was out of place there. He's a hitman at a peace symposium. Exactly. So the next scene, we see this guy. He's a very well respected man. Gets up, uh, very well spoken. He gets up to give this thank you speech mm-hmm. to everyone who showed up at the summit, and we see a hand. We don't see who, but we see a hand pull a device, push a button. Basically, what that does is it distorts the frequency of the microphone. Yeah, it causes feedback and some problems. And so they kind of have this good chuckle. They're like, oh, you know, peace, not progression, not whatever they say. And shortly after that, we see another hand. We assume it's the same hand. Pull out another device. Mm -hmm. It flips it on. A little red light comes on. We we hear another frequency. And what it's doing there is it's kind of muddling this guy's brain. Yeah, the guy that's speaking. And then he starts like losing his words and forgetting and it cuts to his hand under the podium and there happens to be like a semi-automatic handgun there neatly wrapped in like a towel yeah yeah (laughs) he pulls it out and he's like and basically for whatever reason he's under mind control he pulls the gun out and tries to shoot victoria exactly so he does that so then macgyver of course, in his quick thinking, finds the high-frequency laser. Yeah, like based- they're using ultrasonic sound for mining the sample device. Right. And he, like, pans, he go jumps up to it, does Pretty something. Pretty cool, actually. Pans it across the room, like, busting wine glasses as he goes because the sound beam is, like, hitting everything. And then points it at this guy who has wearing glasses, and his glasses explode on his face. Yeah. This is a pretty cool scene. Yeah. You know, but of course, yeah, so the guy's like, ah! <laughs> and you, you expect him to come up and he's got like blood coming out of his eyes because of all the shattered glass but he just kind of falls to the ground and incapacitates him enough so that they can kind of take him down and bring him to the ground to figure out what's going on um and he kind of explains what he's doing but what what ends up happening he's trying to get him to explain like who did this who is it and just as he's about to describe like he's about to say like who did this to him specifically mm-hmm. We see another hand. <laughs> All these disembodied this, this hands. This hand comes out, activates another device, <laughs> and this device essentially gives the guy a heart attack. Yeah. And kills him. 
basically, and they have this mo- very, very long, drawn-out scene. Where they tried to give him CPR for a heart attack. A long sequence, too. Like, mouth-to-mouth, and he hadn't stopped breathing. He was, like, gasping for right. air, but he wasn't. I'm like, I don't know. So they come up, and they finally realize that they're not going to save him. MacGyver sits up and just goes, he's dead. Like Axminster. Like Axminster. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, so we don't know if it was the device that killed him or if it was Max' failed attempt at CPR that crushed his lungs. Let's go. Let's go with uh, the device just for <laughs> so. So the guy dies, and the next scene we come back from the commercial, and this is I love this is probably my, one of my favorite scenes. We get back in there in the coroner's office. Bannister's in the corner, and he's clearly uncomfortable. And Max like watching the coroner Ed. Yeah. Chop this dude up. And Ed's just like, you, he's this old crotchety guy. You can tell he's done this for years. Like, this is like his career. Mm. And he's so crotchety. He just like, he's just used to the job. So he's cracking jokes. And he has a really funny bit here. So we'll let that go. Hey, hey, hey. Left inferior artery. Radio. Blockage of left inferior artery as well. Arterial embolism thereby indicated as cause of cardiac arrest. And away he went. You have to make jokes. What do you expect? Tap dance? Who's your sensitive flower? <laughs> I love it. Sensitive flower referring to uh, Craig. Craig Bannister. I, I like that guy. I honestly could watch a whole show of his like shenanigans in the corner. Such a such a, like a jaded... Like, I cut up people every day. Right, because at one point, like, he walks across the room and he opens up this canister, he, or he opens up this, like, looks like a giant pan, and he pulls out on, like, one of the skewers, he just pulls out an egg roll from Chinese, yeah. and he offers it to Bannister. Like, you want an egg roll? And he's like, all right, and he eats, the, he eats the egg roll, and Bannister's like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> he turns around <laughs> and leaving. walks out. <laughs> so MacGyver asks if he can have a sample of the fatty tissue from the corpse. Because he's trying, he's trying to figure something out, of course, because MacGyver always has a motive for asking yeah. for these things. Give me a sample of that fatty tissue. So Mac is trying to piece together how this guy can just suddenly like snap. Yeah. He's trying to figure out. He, doesn't, he knows it just can't just be like, oh, yeah, this guy just randomly pulls a gun. He knows <laughs> something was wrong. So Mac gets the fatty tissue to take home to his home lab. Much like the home lab in uh, Dr. Wareheim from Oh our my God, Dr. Wareheim. Tim and Eric. That's the, my, one of my favorite sketches. So <laughs> I'm going to take this back to my home lab. <laughs> so they figure out that someone set Victoria up to bring and brought her there because someone wanted her dead. Right. But they don't know who yet, but they know that there was something fishy going on. And MacGyver's in his home lab. And Victoria shows up at her house. Now, initially, we thought that she at just his like house. at his house. We initially thought that like she just like wandered there on her own, but we find out that Pete actually drove her there. Right. I can't imagine what she did to Pete to make him <laughs> to make him drive her all the way over. Probably there. exactly what she does to Mac. Yeah. So she basically thanks Mac for saving her life, and that basically Chinese custom says that when you save someone's life, you're now indebted to them forever. Okay. So she's <laughs> yeah. So she's like, thank you for saving my life. Now I'm indebted to you. She has imprinted on him. <laughs> and we know what that means. <laughs> They're going to have sex on Charlie's charred body. <laughs> Charlie's not from this episode, David. No, but they, you can imagine that Matt oh, probably fine. brought his burnt corpse home. <laughs> that never did get resolved. <laughs> Much like the end of this episode, but we'll get there. Um, 
so they have that moment and then Mac finally explains. So she's looking at his home lab and she looks at like the tissue sample. His home lab on his kitchen counter. On his kitchen counter. Because he, is, he, is he in the new place yet? Or no, is he still there's moved? boxes yeah. everywhere. There's junk all over yeah, the place. So he's got this like quote unquote home lab on his kitchen counter and he's <laughs> he's looking at the tissue sample. And he's got this whole like science home science kit set up. <laughs> Across microscope, across. like stirring <laughs> devices, beakers. So he explains that what was in this tissue sample was adipic acid mixed with hexamethylene diamine and iron fillings. Nice. Did you like that? I made that. That sounded really good. Sounds really good. Hexamethylene David. diamine. Hexamethylene. And he explains that when that compound is triggered in a body through electromagnetic radiation radiation it basically clogs the art it creates nylon which basically is enough in the arteries to completely right clog the arteries creates like a web yeah exactly and that was kind of a cool scene he kind of like sets up this thing and he turns on the magnetic frequency and it just sort of like rumbles and you see this thing start like kind of like bubbling up out of the liquid right so it was kind of cool so we cut to the next scene and banister and his wife are getting ready to, to get a little nasty. Do their thing. So then she proceeds to give him the worst massage ever. Terrible massage. Yeah, and this actress, I guess I guess she was good for the role, but she had like the driest delivery. Yeah, not great. Like flat. Completely not, flat delivery. Not great. So she gets she gets Bannister to lay down on the bed and she starts like barely touching his body and she reaches back behind her and she hits a button mm-hmm. and it sets off this mind control frequency and we realize that his wife is the mole. Jesus and Christ! It was, just, it, it was it completely... I had no would never have thought that. Yeah, we both... You really suspected Bannister. Yeah, all the all the all you know all the triggers were there. All the all the things were there for Bannister to be the douche in the episode. Yeah, but it was his wife. I fell into the trap. I called it for five minutes. I was like, "Oh, it's Bannister." Turns out it's his wife the whole time. That was she's, a good twist. She's working with Lem to bring Victoria out so that they can kill her. Uh, yeah, it was it was just it was very impressive and really well done. Yep. So. She basically puts the mind control device over Bannister and helps her. Basically, she now is trying to plant in his brain that MacGyver and Victoria are the moles, and they now need to be killed and taken out. That witch. And he starts to buy it completely, and he He starts to go for it. And so he keeps now, now he's thinking that this is what's going to have to happen, and we cut to black. Mm -hmm. And we open back up. And Victoria and Mac are now back at the Peace Summit location, um, reviewing the video from earlier in the evening because he's yep. trying. He's hoping MacGyver's hoping that some part of that video will trigger a memory in Victoria. Right. So he's having her watch the video, but she says, "Oh, my head is as thick as a rock," and so yeah. he tries to come up with some ways to relax her brain so that she can spontaneously come up with these memories again. So. <laughs> So he makes he digs around in all the science stuff and finds shiny things, little trinkets, right. something that'll draw attention. Exactly. And what does he build, David? He comes up. So he he finds a mirror. Mm-hmm. He finds a, a some wiring. Yeah. And he finds a spiral painted ashtray. Awesome. And what does he do with it? He creates a hypnosis device. <laughs> so he's and that. So I love when she's like, "Are you going to hypnotize me?" No, no, no. I wouldn't. 
I would never do that. She asked him some other things, David. What does she ask him? Are you trying to hypnotize me? No, I'm not trying to hypnotize you. I just want you to relax your mind so that half a memory can come to the surface, all right? Okay. I trust you. Good. Almost. Kiss me. What? Kiss me. Okay. Oh, sweet peck. No. Kiss me. Now I trust you. Oh, Mac and Victoria. So, yeah, so basically she's like, I need you to kiss. Basically, she's like, I need you to kiss me so that I can build a level of trust before you hypnotize me. Okay. Okay, so one, literally, it was like one and a half kisses, a peck on the cheek, and then a full on makeout. And she's like, all right, cool. Right. And Mac's like, Okay. She's like, now you can put me under. Do whatever you need but, to do. But he had the reaction of, oh, this happens all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah, good call. Okay. Even, he's like, yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah. No, this is fine. This is totally par for the course. So she starts to hypnotize her, and we cut to this. We cut to uh, Lem, Ingrid, and Ingrid being uh, Bannister's wife. So we got Lem, Ingrid, and Craig in the car, mm-hmm. and they're about to send Craig into take care of business, and kill MacGyver and Victoria. So then we cut back to Mac hypnotizing her, and he keeps replaying the video while she's under, and they kind of use this word association game to try to right, trigger these words, And she says the first thing that comes to her mind, one thing goes to the other, and then Ingrid's image comes up, and she her word was wrong. Right. As if her name is, something is wrong. Her name is wrong. There's something not quite right, right. with that thing so what she basically she she triggers the memory that ingrid she sees this memory of ingrid in a red uniform well from the red army from i'm sorry you're right yes you i'm think. sorry greg <laughs> you're much more detail oriented than i am i can't i yeah so she sees her in a uniform whilst she was in the red army yes so now we realize that she's army intelligence and she is officially has been now like Figured out as she's a plant, the mole. She's, she's a, a yeah, she's exactly. a plant for, for the Soviet army to be a mole in the federal building. We because there, there's no name for the organization yet, right? So Ingrid comes in and is selected to be the mole, and effectively she, I'm sorry, not MacGyver is selected to be the mole. So basically she's she tells Craig, "You got to do it now." Basically, yeah. what that will do is it will make room for Craig to move into Max's position. Like right underneath Pete, which which um, is really bizarre, because in the beginning of the episode, Mac interrupts uh, Craig and Ingrid making out in Craig's office, right? And Mac says, "Hey, Craig, you're full time. I'm part time, right? So what position is Mac gonna vacate? So he's now so Craig's moving from full time to part time. Is <laughs> that?" Is that what we're understanding? All, all I know is that they plan for Mac to be dead. Yes. So, yeah. So, she's like, all right, you kill him. You move into MacGyver's position What for whatever reason. Which doesn't make sense. So, in probably the slowest moving sequence in the episode, he's holding the gun up, and MacGyver just takes his time. Slowly, like, he pushes the TV over, which bumps into Lem, and then Lem falls into Craig, and they both go to the ground. Yeah. Victoria fucking... 
bear tackles Ingrid to the ground. Yeah, charges her. <laughs> it was amazing. Grr. It was awesome. So she takes him her down. She she picks up Ingrid's gun and points it at Craig. MacGyver looks at her and says, "Don't do it. No." So yeah. She finally she she ends up putting the gun down. Mac is now attempting to convince Craig, "I'm not the mole. It's not me." You picked me up in East Germany. We worked together in Burma. We did these things. So he's trying to like trigger these memories. And so Ingrid's like, no, you know what? We've been training Craig for this for four years. We've been implanting this in his brain forever. Yeah. He's not. Every day on his honeymoon, he was trained. Yeah. He's... And I- I'm just thinking, oh, you're into S&M or something? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he's like, he's not. You're not going to fix this. Like, yeah. He's not going to trigger it. Right. So, of course, we know that he's going to. So the next scene, he comes in, he, he uncocks his gun, and he puts it down. And Ingrid's like, well, you know, I still have. Right, the little the little blood vessel blower up her device. So she clicks the device and she triggers the heart attack. And then and then Victoria comes up behind Ingrid and pistol whips the shit out of it her. It was amazing. Like knocks her out. It was awesome. But not before Craig was triggered and is now on the ground <gasps> writhing in pain. So rather than Mac try to recreate the CPR, he goes ahead and creates his own defibrillator. Yep. Using um <laughs> candlesticks and electrical cord well no candlesticks microphone cable off of the nearby podium yes and rubber mat to insulate his hands on the pow- the candlesticks right. when he stuffs the wires into the electrical outlet nearby <laughs> just enough yep. so that when he puts the butts of the, the butt of the candlesticks onto his chest right gives him enough of an electrical charge and they look like nice silver candlesticks which are usually covered in felt on the bottom right so he gets there's i think he does it three times Grrr! and so the last time of course he comes up and craig looks at him and goes mac what are you doing <laughs> it was awesome i just saved you buddy and then we end the episode with uh with our with our closing line John Wayne could not have done it better. Oh, Victoria. And that's it. I, I, I sincerely hope that as the series goes on, they figure out how to end their episodes better. Yeah, they're not ending great. It's just like he they save his life, of course. She has the line, and then we freeze frame and we cut to black. It's just really, really bizarre. I don't know. I mean... I agree. I think... I'm hoping that they fix that and it gets a little better as the series goes on. And again, I, I really hope that, that it does. So that was the episode. Let's uh, let's go over some, some quick questions. So were we entertained? Yes. I was very entertained throughout. I thought this was a great, great episode. Um, however implausible, which was my next question, <laughs> the innovation or the plausibility of his MacGyverisms... I mean, they were definitely implausible. Some of them were crazy. The brake line was ridiculous, but it right. was really effective. The defibrillator was weird. Um, yeah. The other two were just, you know, they they weren't they weren't terrible, but they were they were just a little a little odd. But no, they were, they were fine. Um, so we did four of them this year. The hair, I think, the hair is getting thicker. His hair is getting a little thicker. It's, it's looking a, a little, little bit, bit better. Um, he's, every time he sweats, it's it's a little less it's a little less kempt than it has been. Um, <laughs> The man whore, I think, comes out a little bit because he because he was just propositioned. Kiss me, He's yeah, like, yep. Kisses her twice, right on the right, fat on the lips. Yep. Um, 
so yeah, so the female I would say that this was a female counterpart, not a love interest right in this episode um so mullets, how many would you give it? I'd give it um uh, three and a half. I was gonna say the exact same oh, thing David, so yeah, I would say three and a half was we were the three mullet episode is it was okay, pretty watchable there was a there was a kind of a counterpart love interest yeah. some sexy tension sexy tension. Sexy tension it was really that twist that we ruined for everybody who hasn't seen this episode right before. who if who you cares? haven't watched it since 1986 then i'm sorry yeah <laughs> so yeah no really good episode um i don't think it w- i would put it up in my top five of the season but really entertaining had a lot of fun with it and uh i enjoyed it uh greg any parting thoughts before we before we close out for the week no i kind of wanted to see more of victoria i think she was a good character yeah. and a strong actress yeah i liked her you know who i missed was susan susan oh cuz he's moving out of his apartment right he's leaving he's leaving his his, his bang his lady slut pad <laughs> so i mean our, landlady his landlady maintenance lady his maintenance land lady okay for mac maintenance next week episode 516 God, I'm such an idiot. Next week, episode 16, Every Time She Smiles. Oh. Top secret microfilm. A beautiful American girl with a secret. The Bulgarian secret police. All these secrets mean big trouble for MacGyver. The Bulgarian secret police. (laughs) Oh, there he's off in Europe again. What the hell? Oh, my gosh. So... That's going to wrap it for this week. Uh, For Mullets and Memories, I am Dave Champa. I'm Greg Klein. Have a great week, guys. Well, then maybe it's time for a